We know that when the real moonshine comes out, the atmosphere is about to change. My face feels a little bit numb. <laughs> as long as you're not going blind yet. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Cartoon Tonic. <laughs> Look at you in that accent. This is the podcast where we drink and watch cartoons. My name is Brian Tuchler. Joining me as always is Miss Kayla and Mr. Josiah. How are you two today? Doing all right. Uh, you called me out last week about um, me always having a look on my face like the whole week was terrible, then lying directly to you. So it was a, a good week, actually. Lots of good news, but I'm excited to be here. Excited to drink a little bit of what we're drinking before I keep talking. Saya, how are you? I'm I'm also excited uh, for both the show and the drink mm -hmm. and to be with my friends. Yeah, even, even if it is over the computer, you know. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I also had a good week. I learned this week that I don't owe the federal government any money this year. Woo. That's awesome. And Papa snagged a PS5. So it's been a good week, guys. <laughs> We did it. Congrats. Thank you. You know, like... You're referring that is... to yourself as Papa is a little <laughs> unsettling. Also, I feel like that is something I should be congratulated on. Congratulations. Woo. Woo. Look, go you. Considering people are being mugged for them, that yeah. is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I survived. I got it. It's here. It's massive. It's massive. It's huge. Like, it's like half the height of my TV. Like it's, it's, oh, it's, wow. it's a big system. Hmm. It's wild. But, uh, besides that good stuff, uh, there was also bad stuff. So, uh, I think it's probably time to get into our drink. Um, yeah, absolutely. Today, uh, we are, we're kind of going to get into what this means, but we are watching big city greens, which mm -hmm. is, uh, uh, it follows kind of like a bit of a hillbilly type family, um, so we thought it would be, uh, appropriate for us to drink moonshine. So I picked us both up a jar of old smoky apple pie moonshine today. Yes. And now before anybody gets too upset, we realize that this isn't real moonshine, mostly because it's sold legally. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, anybody that had a line on a still wasn't exactly willing to come forward mm -hmm. um, just for the sake of our podcast so that we could drink their, their version of moonshine. Um, so yeah, we're drinking Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine Apple Pie flavor, courtesy of Brian. Um, and Old Smoky, it's technically a corn whiskey, but mm -hmm. I think it's the spirit of the spirit that counts. That was clever. The spirit of the spirit. Oh, and I am very excited about the reasons that we're drinking this. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to get into both of them, but like you said, we're drinking it for a few reasons. The first one is our show is Big City Greens. And like you said, it's it's uh, a series about a farming family that moves to a big city and Reason two is a fun fact that we will get into after we talk about the show a little bit that I'm super stoked about. I know you guys are too. I do want to point out that you did say that I did purchase this legally, but I basically got this off of a back of a truck earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a legal truck. Like it it's, was a legal you know, truck, yeah. 
you said hot off the truck and I wasn't going to question <laughs> question you at first but uh, I had this image of like like a tap like a spigot off the back of a truck oh. that you're just going up and filling these jars with and that's why I had follow-up questions earlier but uh, I also had to be blindfolded it was very strange <laughs> spun around a few times yeah. I'm doing a do I'm doing a shot so you guys are you doing a shot I'm doing a shot oh we're sipping it like like you're supposed to with traditional moonshine well y'all, y'all ready Bottoms yep. up. Clink. Clink. Ooh, that is very good. Oh, my gosh. I shouldn't have done a double shot of that. <laughs> that is good. It's like drinking spicy apple pie. Okay, so my yeah. only... <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've had experiences with moonshine previous to this, which we won't detail too terribly for the sake of legality, but it wasn't as... It wasn't as um, sweet i would say as this is this is a uh, definitely legal moonshine and it's very good yeah it's very good it is it is pretty sweet but it does i i think saya's uh, description of spicy apple pie is pretty spot on mm-hmm. <laughs> it's apple pie that just kind of fights you back a little bit that's good i like that i'm pretty sure my dad knows a guy and he has like unlabeled bottles but i wasn't <laughs> Willing to go blind for the cast. Exactly. <laughs> you just got those blue blocker glasses, and then you're going to lose yeah. your sight entirely. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, like, just a quick story about Moonshine, if that's all right. I'm going to get it. Oh, yeah. Go, go for it. <laughs> so, for my dad's wedding, we have um, family, and I'm not going to out the family member who brought some, but they brought <laughs> like a mason jar of Moonshine. And I, I looked at it. My dad was like, Yeah, parcel that out. He had these little containers that had lids to them, held maybe six ounces in each container. And he said, well, parcel that out. And then when people come in, they can do a shot of moonshine. And I was like, okay. So I'm thinking, so these are double shots. And I pour the moonshine into these glasses and it doesn't even fill half the glasses that he has. And I was like, well, there was only one mason jar and everybody's going to want it. It's fine. He came back into the kitchen and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, fill in the cups. And he's like, not that much. You're not. Are you trying to kill people? Also, do not give them the fruit. We'll have to call an ambulance. And I was like, what? So I had to go through and pour everything back into that jar and then pour like maybe an ounce. And I'm telling you, I have never seen a group so drunk. (laughs) Like it's just the tiniest little shot of just real moonshine, I I would call it. And I do remember sneaking one piece of fruit later and it was a mistake. So, wow. But this is pretty good as far as like not going to get in trouble with the law and also not going to go blind. This is damn good. Yeah. One of the, one of the drunkest I've ever been was eating the fruit of uh, jungle juice in college. That was, uh, <laughs> that was not a good time. I, uh, my, my, my grandfather used to have a bottle of something that I used to call Italian moonshine. Mm hmm. Um, his good friend Mario that lived across the street, um, him and his wife used to make a uh, wine in the bathtub and oh. like they made wine, they had bottled it, but like this stuff was like, it would burn your hair off. It was so strong. <laughs> I have no idea how he did it, but it was just like, he's like, just pouring gasoline into like, the tub. Like <laughs> Maybe, maybe. And like, uh, my, my grandpa would like drink it, like literally in like a shot glass like that, that much. And mm-hmm. when I got a little older, he had a little left and let me try some. And it was like, it was brutal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was Italian, Italian moonshine. It's like, it's wine, but it just talks with his hands a lot. <laughs> it's wine stuff. that smacks you constantly with <laughs> yeah. its talking hand. 
So what a matter with you. Uh, good stuff. Um, so yeah, we are watching Big City Greens today. Um, mm-hmm. This is a this is a kids show. It is on. Uh, is it Cart? No, it's Disney. Yeah, Disney. It's on Disney. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is one of those like I think sometimes our listeners might get put off like a little bit like on like kid shows or like Disney shows, but I have watched quite a few episodes of Big City Greens with my daughter. It is really good. I don't know how much experience yep. that you guys have, but it is like it works. It's it's uh it might be a little like it's got a little adult to it, like a little adult jokes. It is definitely like a scenario that I don't think kids would find funny, but as an adult. So so basically it's a family of hillbillies that move to the big city and try to make it there. It's it's Beverly Hillbillies essentially, but for kids, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing a little bit of research before the show. I don't think Sai and I have ever seen an episode. No. Uh, but I was doing a little bit of research like we do and a lot of what I was seeing was is Big City Greens appropriate for kids or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is this an appropriate show and I didn't find anything in the research that said it was inappropriate. What I found was like that it's a little bit chaotic and that that was a a common descriptor is that it's a chaotic show. But I have a little bit of information on the show itself if y'all are interested. Yeah. Yeah. I am am not. No? Okay. Well, um, earmuffs, I guess. Good pick, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) So like you said, Big City Greens is an animated comedy and adventure television series created by the Houghton Brothers and it has premiered on Disney Channel. Uh, premiered on June 18th, 2018, and was produced by Disney Television Animation, a.k.a. the people that own everything forever and always. Literally. Um, Even this podcast. <laughs> probably in some we, way. We sold out, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the series focuses on the Green family. After losing his farm in the country, Bill Green and his two children, Cricket and Tilly, move in with his mother, Alice, otherwise known as Grandma who lives in a small farm in the middle of a big city, which is aptly named Big City. (laughs) This series closely focuses on the offbeat adventures of Cricket Green, a mischievous but optimistic 10-year-old country boy in the city. Um, It took its inspiration from Toy Story and the Muppets. Each episode is intended to stand on its own and is a complete story. The Houghton Brothers wanted to create a cartoon that has an emotional connection, but uh, also resonates with the audience and not like a destructive emotional connection kind of way. Just like a wholesome, rounded show. Um, In an interview with the Disney fan club, Chris and Shane Houghton explained that they grew up in the rural community of St. John's, Michigan, which is cool. Also, Michigan folks, what's up? Um, And they didn't venture very far from their small town until they left for college. Um, they said that, that was a big eye-opening experience, and it was kind of a lonely and strange time, but also exciting and full of change. Chris made big move several years after his brother Shane camping out on his brother's living room floor for a few weeks until he got situated. Um, they said we wanted to explore what it felt like through the Green family. At least they have each other, even if everything else is brand new. The series features the voices of one of the creators, Chris Houghton as well as uh, Marie Harrington, Bob Joles, and Artemis Padini. Um, and actually, Artemis Padini is the Artemis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Same Artemis. I don't know if you oh. remember um, from Always Sunny. And I know there's a lot of information, but I'm super excited to get to it. Do you guys want to hear? I mean, you guys already know. But should we talk about the special connection that we have to this show? I'm excited. <laughs> I, I don't think I, we can wait any I longer. Know. <laughs> Go ahead. I think we should. So, fun fact. Caldwell Tanner, 
is one of the storyboard artists for the show and is also one of the players slash DMs slash creators of one of our absolute favorite podcasts of all time ever. And that podcast is not another D and D podcast or NADPod. Um, It's an absolutely amazing cast. Just go listen to it. Even if you don't like D and D, which why and how, but if you've never gotten into D and D, go find this cast starting campaign one, jump into it. It is awesome storytelling it is freaking hilarious we absolutely love that cast go check it out and an additional fun fact with that in the first campaign of nadpod one of the player characters name is moonshine Sybin, and is the other reason why we chose to drink yeah. moonshine today so a, a call out to nadpod and moonshine in the first campaign and i get like fangirly about this podcast <laughs> yes. i don't know if you can tell or not um go listen to it go do it it is it, it is, is very good. it's it's hands down like the best podcast it's it's super entertaining caldwell's amazing on mm-hmm. it he just he's absolutely fantastic and the the reason that i picked the uh, apple pie uh, moonshine was also in reference to apple scrumper who is a oh, yes. guest character on the podcast who mm-hmm. i really enjoy as well it, it's so good and I'm definitely, we're definitely going to shout out uh, Caldwell on Twitter. And if he responds to us, I'm just going to pass just out. I think happy. it's yeah, fine. I, I need to drink I the just, rest of this, yeah. the moonshine and just be like, I'm good. This is fine. This is great. Beverly Tolgold the fifth is probably <gasps> one of my favorite characters of all time. And another fun fact, Caldwell's uh, second dad, you have mm-hmm. to listen to the podcast to get to understand why. Um, is named Balnor, another one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you two got me this amazing mug for my birthday that says number two dad, and it's got <laughs> Balnor on it. And it's my favorite thing in the world right now. So thank you very which, much. Which at first you thought we were just being total dicks <laughs> and you didn't notice. <laughs> I'm like, they're I'm like, they're right, but ow, right? <laughs> I was so excited to do this show, and I think we actually waited to watch Big City Greens because we wanted to make sure that we would have, like, the right timing to to tag on Twitter and to, like, make sure we could get our moonshine and really enjoy this show. And I am so excited for this. I've never seen it before, but just that idea of, you know, taking characters out of where they would traditionally be and putting them in a new environment, I feel like that's got to be a recipe for something funny. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to get behind the thought of, like, creating a story or a like a cartoon based off of a lot of the experiences that you went through as a kid mm-hmm. and trying to picture that not happening in a okay this is therapy sort of way <laughs> <laughs> emotional connection without the trauma bonding that is your yes. childhood yes yeah. <laughs> i also um like every time i watch big city greens i have the same thought mm-hmm. um because it is a a kind of um like a farming family, kind of a little bit of back hill family moving into like a big city where we grew up, uh, at least Sai and I, it's kind of like the reverse of that. Because <laughs> like, so we live in a, in, a, in a city that's Metro Detroit. So like every other surrounding city is just kind of like suburban, right? Just regular old suburbs, except for where we grew up. There's just a significant amount of lifted trucks and camo and a lot of Kid Rock fans. Um, (laughs) Such a nice way to describe our neighborhood, Brian. (laughs) So like, Uh, like literally where we live is the opposite. Like someone like really bougie, if they were to move where we grew up, it would just be like the absolute reverse (laughs) of big city greens. 
I feel like I've looked out the window and heard someone <laughs> drive past saying, good heavens. Like, <laughs> oh, a little city disappointment. <laughs> Someone's like, someone just gets off a 94 for some gas. Like, okay, we're just going to come here for like two minutes. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I'm in my rocking chair on the front porch. <laughs> I just you can't see it because it's a podcast, but he was in a rocking chair holding an imaginary shotgun. Yeah. I just I needed to call that out. <laughs> just just yelling, you're Kane, welcome here. <laughs> I literally like my whole entire opening of my comedy routine is based on our hometown being a hillbilly town. So that kind of puts it in perspective for you. Yeah, and you know, I do I want to caution against using hillbilly in any kind of derogatory way either, because like I got Southern no. family, yeah, man. No, we, no I do too. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not even hillbilly. It's just like taken on um, like a country persona in the suburbs. And you're like, man, you probably have never even like dug in the dirt before. And then your camel's not hiding you in the middle of Kroger in the middle of the suburbs, friends. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Do you remember in like, in like the the late nineties, when like everyone wanted to be Eminem, right? That's basically what people from our hometown are like. But just for like actual farmers, yeah. <laughs> like they don't know how to use like a like uh, any farming equipment, or mm-hmm. you know, they've never seen what a tick looks like. They just they just pretend they're they're cosplaying as actual farmers. <laughs> All of the truck nuts, none of the actual like life experience. Exactly. You like in the South, you have to earn your truck nuts. Like here where we grew up, you just buy it from Walmart. And, oh, and, and I, and I do say, I do say hillbilly with love because we all have family in the South. Part that of my true. family comes from the South. Literally for my birthday, my, my dinner was uh cornbread, ham and green beans with bacon. So like we, I have Southern roots as well. It's just, you know, we just live in the reverse uh, big city greens, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So, is there is there a cartoon that you can kind of compare this to, Brian? Like, is it is it similar to anything that we've seen before? The only things that I can really compare it to would be even more modern shows, which I don't think you guys would be familiar with. Like Loud House would be one that I would kind of um, put it in the same category as. It's just it really is its own thing. It's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty unique. Um, I like it a lot. It's got one like the the main, and I don't remember any of the characters' names, but the main character, like the little boy, like he's got like that just amazing stereotypical, like you know, like yeah, how y'all doing today? Like I got like oh, one I'm of so those voices about that, <laughs> and, you know, and like just and, and it's it's mostly like a lot of situational humor, but it's done really really well, and it's not like they they do a they do a good job like not making fun of them or making mm-hmm. fun right. of the you know, the people that are, you know, come from big city, like, it's just, they, they don't really make, it's just like, they're, they're different. And they kind of like, poke at those differences. It's, it's a Disney cartoon, right? They're not going to make fun of anyone. Just to inform the listeners, and I'm not putting any pressure on you, but it's important that they know Kayla can do an amazing Southern accent (laughs) whenever she needs to. Okay, here's the thing, though. It's definitely something that I put on. I don't have a, a regular Southern accent, but I, I mean, a lot of my family is from the South and um, I think a lot of it I can pull from my dad who described himself as like 
I think it was like the Kentuckian Whisperer. So he, his family's <laughs> from the South and then they moved up North when he was younger. I mean, literally from farming area to Metro Detroit because they, they're chasing the, the big three and uh, going to work at, at the car companies. Uh, my grandpa worked at the car, car companies and then my dad did too. But with that, it was kind of like this, this subculture of a lot of people did that and came up to work that way. So a lot of people from the South came up to Michigan and kind of like helped to retain the accent and like the culture in the area and your community in the area. And uh, as I grew up, I never really noticed that my dad has anything of an accent until friends would say, hey, I didn't realize your dad had a little bit of a Southern accent. I know he doesn't. And he moved down to uh, his last few years working at Ford. He moved down to Kentucky um, to, to finish out his career there. And he was like translating the the Southern English to his Northern American, like Northern American English, Michigan English um, to his friends that came down to Kentucky with him. And they were calling him the translator because it's it's just a different way of speaking. Some words are different. The way you pull your vowels are a little bit different. But I find a lot of the times if um, I'm on the phone with somebody, we work on the phone a lot, that has an accent, I have to really try hard to not slip into any kind of drawls on anything. Yeah. Um, it used to be when I was younger, if I got mad, I would start pulling out my vowels, <laughs> which is not what you want to be doing when you're angry. So I appreciate you calling out my, my accent ability. You get real Southern when you get mad at me. <laughs> I I have a similar thing, but it's with the Canadian draw, yeah. the Canadian accent, and I and I am not Canadian, mm-hmm. but but my dad is. My my dad, born and raised in Canada, and he, he you can't always tell when he's talking, but when families around that that accent like really comes yep. back. But my dad also like he he grew up in and like like families kind of from like what I would call like the South, but Canada. Okay. <laughs> it's it's the Canadian South essentially, yeah. <laughs> and he does the same thing. It's like you know you got to translate. Like growing up, it was always like you know I'd do something stupid and he'd call me a newfie, and I just have no idea what that meant. He goes he goes really it's it's people from Newfoundland. I'm like are they are they supposed to be dumb? Are you calling me dumb? I don't understand. Um, but uh, yeah, also like I feel like when I am yelling, I kind of have a southern draw, like a little bit, and it might just be because <laughs> where we're from, because like, <laughs> like, like honestly, like like I, there just seems to be like from our hometown, there just really seems to be like a kind of like uh, I don't know, like uh, you know, hey, what you doing over there? Like just like kind of like you know. <laughs> Like, like whenever someone's yelling, like when mm-hmm. when when someone from her hometown is yelling, that's like, like the f- I, and I, and I have no ties to the south, but it just comes <laughs> out. The fact that that this is kind of like a phrase that your daughter has already picked up. Oh yeah. Oh oh no, not even my four year old. Right, my my one year old. Yeah. <laughs> will will come up to you and go like, "What you got?" If you have any food, she walks up. What do you got? It's amazing. Every time it is. Thing. It's amazing. It's genetic. I'm learning. There must be something in the water. <laughs> oh, there's sad jokes there somewhere, but we won't parse into it. And I do wonder too, on, along those trains of thought, there was a lot of families that came from the South to Metro yes. Detroit when the big three started hiring and, and pushing for 40 hour work weeks and all that good stuff. So I do wonder if maybe some of our, our hometowns residual southernness 
isn't uh, reminiscent of that time and then folks just didn't move away and you just kind of get this weird half Michigan, half like Kentucky, yeah. Tennessee kind of, of it colloquial. Doesn't, uh, it doesn't blend well. I'll say that when we went down to the Smoky Mountains, like for camping, I actually got a, you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> and I was, I was real excited. I'm like, oh yes. No, I am not, I, sir. I Thank it. you for noticing. Uh, no, you are, you are absolutely right. My grandpa was talking to me about this um, when when a lot of people moved to Metro Detroit for work, they they really did kind of like segregate themselves. You had mm-hmm. your Italian neighborhoods, you had your Hispanic neighborhoods, you had your Polish neighborhoods. Like my grandma lived in a part of like River Rouge that was like mostly people from like a certain part of the South. And like, mm-hmm. it is kind of like, you know, like-minded people got, got together and you can still see that today. You'll see, mm-hmm. you'll go to like certain areas and you'll just see like a ton of Italian bakeries or a ton of Polish restaurants. And um, so there's still like some remnants of that, but uh, I, you're, it's probably, that's the case. Someone was like, yeah, Taylor seems pretty good. And like, that's where they ended up moving. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, generations go by and you spend some time together and like my family did, they made a big deal of making sure that we went down South and spent time with my grandparents nearly every summer. And you spend a couple of weeks down there while you're learning how to speak English and you just, you accidentally pick up some of it sometimes, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're angry and I think that's probably how we got to where we are in Taylor a little bit. And then I think a little bit of it is, it is like you said, it's a little bit of that M&M fad. Everybody (laughs) wants to think that they are a farmer or, you know, pure Southern when they're, you know, you're pure Michigan with some, with a dash of Southern thrown in. So I I call it, I call it country chic, you know, (laughs) there's, there's, there's no calloused hands, but like people are dressed up like cowboys, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's got to be it. That's country chic. I <laughs> Country poser chic. I like that a little better, but well. Fine, fuck, notes... fuck my joke, I guess. You're better. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to nicely gloss up, whatever. On those notes, would you guys like to uh, get into our show? Yeah, I'm excited. So we are actually going to watch the very first episode because there's only a couple seasons of this. And we didn't know if there would be any spoilers or any like development in the characters. We didn't want to spoil for our listeners. So we are watching on Disney Plus the first two episodes, Welcome Home and Space Chicken. It's a segmented show. Two segments for us today. All right. So go ahead and join us after this break where we are going to uh, review Big City Greens. When that jar gets passed around, people just seem to have a way with words. And we're back. Guys, we just finished watching Big City Greens. Um, I don't know if it is the moonshine that That is... That you've been taking (laughs) shots of, plural. Pulsing pulsing through my body. (laughs) But I had a real good time with this episode. It It was very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I enjoyed that more than I thought I would. I was a little bit... To be honest, I was a little bit on the fence because I didn't want it to be like just picking on them because they're from out of town, you know, and I, I didn't know if it was going to be too zany or too out there. It was really good. I, yeah, it. I feel like they hit a good balance. Mm-hmm. It was more so like kind of poking at like the kind of the more modern city dweller with, mm-hmm. the you know, the brunch and the coffee shops and the, you know, like all that. Then making fun of, you know, like the, you know, and they even do someone yells at a window like, 
like calls him hillbilly yeah. like literally in this episode so yeah. the first segment was basically them on their way to big city they're moving there you kind of get like a little bit of like a background story that the farm closed and they're moving into the city and then little cricket is his name little little boy named cricket who's kind of like yeah dad i know everything about the city clearly he doesn't <laughs> he uh, does not <laughs> no he describes himself as a he was in the country he was a big fish in a small pond and now he's ready for a bigger pond he was not ready for a bigger pond <laughs> no, no he was not Mm-mm. Um, so the first segment was like, I would say pretty fairly like kind of straightforward, like people lost in the big city, Mm -hmm. but there were some like, there were some standout moments and in particular, like they're, they're driving and you know, like the dad is like stopped like at a red light and he's like kind of like looking around and he just looks out and just cricket is just on like the side of the road. Like, Hey dad. I I immediately felt for the dad because you could see they they animated his anxiousness really well yes. with like trying to navigate the city and understand all the signs and stuff. Craig, you it's did. like, you should pull over. You should pull over here. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. And he's like, you know, Craig, I'm not really too comfortable driving in the city right now. And <laughs> I don't really know where we're going and I can't find the signs. And you can see like the anxiety build up in the dad character. I'm doing my best, pal. And I thought that was a really interesting choice, especially in the first episode, to set up his character as not like the the cliche, the quintessential, like super macho, like stoic dude. Like they gave the dad a, a broader range of emotions, which included very well animated anxiety while driving in a city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're basically they're um, they're moving to grandma's house. Mm-hmm. That's what they're right. doing. Right. So and then dad even mentions that. Um, <laughs> grandma's house like the the city used to be nothing but farmland when he was growing up they do one thing in this show that makes me happy and i know it makes you too happy where animals have big dumb dead eyes <laughs> yes <laughs> and i don't know what it is about that but it's so it's they're so just, funny they're just a little bit wider than what they should be and their their focus is not very strong it's very like fuzzy and i just it gets me every time i they made some really interesting animation choices with this show like the design of the characters nobody has a nose the design of the animals with like big dumb faces even the yep. dogs that we saw in the in the beginning episode the beginning segment um, and I really think that it lends towards this weird, like almost like emoji characteristic of all of the animals and all yeah. of the people in the yeah. show. And I haven't seen it anywhere before. It's, it's really good. It's well done. And and their first introduction to those big dead eyed animals is <laughs> this very disgusting looking pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just like missing feathers like around his neck and just big dumb dead eyes. And then they go, um, Tilly, who is uh, Cricket's sister, goes and throws like some breadcrumbs to this pigeon. Here, city bird, have some crumbs. And then it just like kind of like pans up to this building and there's just like a hundred dumb pigeon heads just kind of <laughs> pop up around <laughs> pop it. Up, yeah. And then fly down and go and, and get the uh, get the breadcrumbs. So one of the things that they do going into the dad's anxiety is he's like looking at this like parking sign and it's basically like no parking except sometimes. And that's just like conflicting information, <laughs> which we've all have been yes. through that. Like particularly like when you guys, when I lived in Illinois and you guys would come visit me and we'd go hang out in Chicago. I am so glad you brought that up because yeah. holy crap, I was getting yes. flashback anxiety. I am not a city person. Yeah. Like driving around in a city, I imagine is 
somewhat similar, but uh, like driving in Detroit is so much different than driving in Chicago. For instance, like the streets in Detroit kind of make no sense. Everything's one way and it's ridiculous. <laughs> driving in Chicago, as soon, one of the things I noticed while driving there, as soon as a light turns green, everyone in that entire road yeah. beeps their horn. <laughs> like you and don't I, know it's green. Yeah, I'm like in the front driving for the first time. I'm like, I've had 0.2 seconds to react to this. Remember that one time you guys came and that little uh, Korean guy wanted to beat our asses because we weren't driving fast enough? <laughs> yes, I do remember that. <laughs> told us to go back to the suburbs, and then yeah. we just we just we all, we all busted out laughing at the same time, and which really <laughs> set him off. Yeah, it was good because that it was just a genuine reaction. He pulled up next to us, and we thought he was going to cuss us out, and he go back to the suburbs, and we all just bust out laughing we would love to we're clearly lost yeah. can you not be a jerk right now also like he was so tiny and i am just a massive guy right like <laughs> like i'm not much of a fighter but i feel like i could have just like smothered him <laughs> but either that, way, was, <laughs> that was a city version of ain't from around here yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. so uh so because they uh cricket convinces the dad just to go park the car there um the the truck rather gets towed away and uh cricket's like no matter we'll just walk and he goes he's like you know almost instantly gets hit by a car there's so many people around that dad's his anxiety is going through the roof <laughs> real, real quick uh, cricket yeah. when he stops himself it's like whoa i almost died yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's like a lot of on his face and yeah a lot of little quips like that 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 were really well done he goes, uh, he goes, I know people been traveling this way for years. And he goes and lifts up like a manhole cover to go in the sewers. Just a, a crocodile down there um, or alligator. Yeah, I really liked, like you said, how it was kind of, it was more like it was making fun of the tropes of the city rather yes. than them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, they showed them go into this bar really quick that they thought was like a safe place. Yes. And there's like, there's a bunch of what looked like shady shady characters like around the bar and one of them's like just sitting there with a knife <laughs> <laughs> there were some jokes like that like tilly goes like hey this man can give us a ride and it's just a guy it's like hey you all want to get in my creepy van <laughs> and yeah. they, they pull tilly away and the, even the creepy guy's like nope that's probably a good choice <laughs> <laughs> it would have really been low-hanging fruit if they would have made fun of the family it, re mm -hmm. it really was right. like they were just kind of poking fun at like the city itself, which which I kind of appreciate because like the family themselves are like probably the most endearing part of the show. They're the most real, you know. So uh, basically they're they're then getting frustrated. They're not able to find grandma's house. They end up getting over to the impound lot where the car was and they 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 kind of sneak in there to get the car back where they're chased by dogs. So classic getting a car out chased by dog sequence. The only part that I really enjoy was like dad is so like a nice guy that he rolls down the window and he like puts money in the dog's collar <laughs> yeah. to, to quote, make it right. <laughs> I really enjoyed in the impound scene because I got the car towed after having to park and blah, blah, blah. I enjoyed in the impound scene. Tilly's running away from these dogs and there's just a slide, like a kid slide in the impound lot. And she stops, turns, looks at it. And then you can see the decision on the animated face that she's going to yeah. slide. And you think for a second she's going to climb to the top of the slide and stay there to stay away from the dog. But no, 
she just, she's going to enjoy herself. And she slides <laughs> down the slide and then runs again. And I just, she I appreciated like that as it. character development. Like just no matter what, I'm going to have some fun. Yeah. Her, I, her character very much felt like, uh, like a hillbilly version of bubbles from Powerpuff Girls yeah. where she's just like kind of upbeat and glass half full about pretty much everything that's going on, even mm-hmm. if it's dangerous. She, I, I wholeheartedly believe that Tilly is Kayla's spirit animal. I, I really do. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with the term spirit animal, but uh, I definitely relate to her. <laughs> okay, Tilly is you if you didn't have higher education. I think Tilly's pretty smart. I think we'll be surprised in later episodes. I think uh, so, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so fine. They, Me they as do. an animated eight-year-old um, from a farm moving yeah. to the city. Yes. Nothing insulting there. <laughs> um so they do get the card back. They do end up making it to Grandma's house. And Grandma's house is just a very rundown farm-looking house in between an apart- a giant apartment building and, like, a giant Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> like just, and there's, like, there's a cow in the front yard and, like, chickens running around. And they bust through the door to say hi to Grandma. And Grandma is, like, twisted dead on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that was real <laughs> disturbing. Real weird. Um, and then she just pops up and goes, like, like suits you for being late. Like, I could have died. <laughs> yeah, like it was just a gag. She and was then, falling. come on in here, give me a hug. Like. Yeah. And I teach you to be late. I could have died. Now, give me a hug. And that was the first segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the second segment <laughs> was just fantastic. Um you know, in brief, our second segment was the dad is really concerned that, you know, they're new neighbors and they want to make this good impression. Everybody's really judgmental. So he cautions the kids, you know, you, you want to set a good impression and, you know, um, impress everybody around you or, you know, make a good first impression on your neighbors. And Cricket takes that into consideration and decides that he has to do something very impressive. And what's more impressive than sending a chicken to space? And how would a 10-year-old send a chicken to space? Well, first you uh, try with a board and you jump on one end of the board and then you launch a chicken into the air like five feet. And it's a chicken and it like floats down delicately and has this big dumb face on it. And then they move on to trying to rocket him into space using grandma's nylons as like a slingshot because they meet... I don't know that I caught what his name was, but another neighborhood kid that just joins them in on this adventure. And uh, they're going to try and rocket the chicken into space using nylons and some pipes on the roof. And they accidentally put it into like the coffee shop next door, the eating area, the outdoor eating area of this coffee shop. But there's a segment that happens when they go to launch the chicken for the first time with the nylons where Tilly tells Cricket... (laughs) to tell the chicken that he believes in it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then he leans in and he whispers to the chicken, okay, but I really do believe in you. And the chicken just like looks straighter and gets like, like more tense and ready to be rocketed into what ends up being the coffee shop. And I mean, the, what you expect happens, he's annoying the neighbors by trying to rocket a chicken into space. Yeah. And eventually... He just decides it's a numbers game and he's just going to launch all of the chickens as fast as he can and rapid fire shoots these chickens into the neighborhood. 
And the the first chicken, the one that now has a helmet on it, eventually is the last chicken he has available to try and rock it. And meanwhile, there's all this chaos. Like, there's chickens flying everywhere. They're crashing cars. The neighbors have gathered. There's a guy that literally gets ejected from his car because he crashed into a (laughs) telephone pole. And they launch this last chicken, and you see it, like, go off into the sky and do that, like star ding thing where the light shines and you think that it's made it to space and a couple people have all of them are impressed it's like two neighborhood kids <laughs> and everybody else is really pissed off yeah and then they show the chicken on a, on a, a roof across the street just with its helmet perched on the corner yeah like, there's a little helmet on the whole time yeah just. and i there was so many little like cute little sayings in that like believing in the chicken and tilly like being down to do whatever. And like, there was a comment about Tilly taking a nap in the middle of the day, which was just like yeah. a weird offhanded Cric- comment. Cricket's like, Tilly, you got to stop day napping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was just, it was wholesome and it was nice. And it was like very well put together for what a 10 year old might try and do to impress the neighborhood. Absolutely. And then very true to how that would turn out. All of the adults are pissed off because he's just been chucking chickens in the neighborhood and just two or three of the neighborhood kids are like, you know what? I'm going to be that guy's friend because he was launching chickens into space. (laughs) Yeah. So it's still, it kind of works. Mm -hmm. uh, So there's, there's a scene where, um, Cricket Tilly and their new friend has to go sneak into the house to steal a pair of pantyhose from oh Grandma to gosh, launch yeah, the chicken. Oh my gosh, I forgot that. And they're like warning the new friends, like, we got to be quiet because Grandma's got a sword. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they like sneak by and the new friend trips over something and holds up Grandma's leg. And he goes, oh my God, I broke your Grandma's leg. And he goes, "It's it, that thing's been broken for years. It's a fake leg. So they go and they grab the pantyhose out of the drawer and they've been noisy this entire time and grandma didn't wake up, but they like barely knocked over a little figurine. It just did a little pink. And then grandma wakes up and goes, my mementos. And then goes, start swinging <laughs> swords was, at them. It was, it was my tchotchkes. Yeah, my tchotchkes. My tchotchkes. And then swings a sword and their newfound friend blocks the sword with her, her prosthetic leg. <laughs> <laughs> She goes, you guys have uh, like disturbed me or, or broken into the house and you have to pay the ultimate price. And they're all scared. She goes, kisses and like turns her cheek and makes them kiss her on the cheek and then like tells them to go on their way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very, that entire segment was wildly funny. Mm-hmm. Like beginning. At, and I want to point out that they've launched a lot of chickens. Yes. Right. <laughs> Every single one of them had big, dumb, dead eyes. <laughs> and it so made me so, so happy. It, it was wild. So I, I, I feel like from, from here, we should probably give this episode like our, our, our rating. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like the only way to rate this would be, I would say space chickens would be yes, the only way. Absolutely. Makes but sense. you have to say space chickens in a Southern accent or it doesn't count. <laughs> I don't like being put on the spot, Brian. Um, so I'll, I'll go first. Um, I I love this. It, it was it was fantastic. I actually haven't seen this episode. I've seen kind of random episodes. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, but it was so good. It, it was you know that first segment probably played it like a little safe with you know, but they had to also introduce the family and right. you know, not get too crazy with it. But there was still just a lot of things that I love. Those really really small kind of fleeting moments. The just the looks the 
the, the the animal faces, you know, the the accents of both both all, all the voice acting was great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the and then the second segment, which is just so crazy of just launching chickens into space. <laughs> that was the whole segment. There was just so many jokes. It was really really good. I think I I would probably rate this uh, four space chickens. However. It's going to get the Caldwell Tanner bump up to five space chickens because <laughs> because I love that guy so much. So, you know, I'm going to give it five space chickens. I'm definitely not going to be that animated. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> five space chickens. That's a that's a good rating for the show. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And, and I've seen quite a quite a few other episodes and I. I really enjoyed those as well. So mm-hmm. it is a it is a solid show. Very um, nice. We're I mean you know Kayla's been building it up, so we'll leave her for last. So Saya, what? Just a, gonna <laughs> not do it if you keep pressuring me. I'm just gonna make that the bottom line right now. What do you it, got? It uh, it definitely surprised me. I was not really expecting this kind of humor. I should say, like I thought it was gonna be a little more dialed back than this. And right off the bat, like I love. The I think you said it, Kayla. Like I love how wholesome it feels. Mm-hmm. Like you immediately have kind of like a good connection with the characters, and there's good like small character development. It's not nothing like crazy, but it's enough to like relate and everything. And that coupled with some really clever like quick adult humor, like they make a cannibal joke. Yeah, in they here do. Real yeah. Chicken cannibal joke. Where like a, a chicken landed in like someone's soup and ate some of the soup, and we find out that it's like chicken soup. So, <laughs> but it, like one of the characters goes, "So that chicken is a cannibal now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that kind of like balance and humor is really really I really appreciate it. I'm sure there's a lot of angry moms online that do not appreciate it but um yeah i loved it i'm going uh f- five space chickens you hear oh my god <laughs> i was i was really waiting for you to go dang old five space <laughs> chickens <laughs> <Mark."> <laughs> that would be from our town right <laughs> yeah miss kayla all right. Well, I'm going to see if I can do this whole segment. And um, it's kind of more of a Georgian accent, but we'll see if I can carry it throughout. I really appreciated this show, uh, y'all, because like like Saya said, it's wholesome. It's down home, but it's not mean to really anybody in particular. I mean, you see a little bit of meanness toward them city folk, but it's not ever toward the Green family. And that's where I think they're really building that you know, that character build up and that love that you feel for this show. Now, that being said, <laughs> there were some things that I didn't really, I can't see myself enjoying this episode or these episodes too many in a row. Um, I think that it might get a little repetitive with kind of the chaos that's going on in it. Oh, yeah. But I truly, deeply enjoyed the animation, the um, emotion of the characters. The chickens and their dumb faces, you know, it's not often that you see an intelligent chicken, but I don't think they're normally rightly that dumb. That's true. Um, but it they're was, it was adorable. And for that reason, I was going to give it three space chickens, but I think I got to give it an extra one for Caldwell Tanner, you know? There you go. So I'm going to leave it at four space chickens for our uh, big city greens. 
And with that, I'm going to get rid of this accent because I think I've embarrassed myself enough and my family's going to kick my ass. So oh. back to Michigan. <laughs> bless bless your heart. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Them's fighting words. Them is fighting words. Well just, done. Do you, when, you, when you switch back to Michigan, do you have to like practice? You go, apple, apple, <laughs> apple, milk. No, yeah, I, just, I just get in the milk and uh, pop and just angry for the most part. Uh, mom's spaghetti. You know, you got to get back into Michigan. <laughs> yeah. When I think Southern, I think nice and uh, a little bit more high energy. Michigan's just kind of slow and angry. So, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's a uh, high praise from all of us for mm-hmm. uh, for Big City Greens. That was great. So, yeah, uh, everyone should probably join us after this break because you know we're going to have a game. We've never not once had a game. So why would we stop now? (laughs) Well, sort of a game. (laughs) An activity, if you will. Just join us after the break. You know the routine. There was a chicken in my chicken salad, and he ate some of it. Oh, great. So now it's a cannibal. And we're back. We are. Uh, Kayla, you have an... An activity for us today. Yeah, I thought, uh, based on the show and kind of the theme of the show, that it might be fun to walk down memory lane of our own or talk about situations where we are kind of um, the Green family and maybe out of our depth a little bit and maybe discuss a time in your life when you realized that something that was completely normal in your family was maybe not the normal for everybody else's family, whether that's uh, a food you ate, an activity, like a family activity, or just the way that you went about your life. I want to know what the weird thing is and when you realized that it might be a little weird. <laughs> I got one off the bat that's uh, that's kind of related to you, Brian. Um, right. So way back when, the listeners know that me and you have known each other for a very long time. So when I went to to your house to have dinner with you guys, like with your family for the first time, I noticed that you guys, you ate like whole steamed cloves of garlic. Oh, and yeah. I, I had never like known that that was a thing. And you had like a special dish for it too. And I was like, yep. I know they're tricking me, but I don't know <laughs> if I should eat it. I know that's not really super like taboo or anything, but it was just my first experience. I felt really weird. (laughs) You're like, you guys are so weird. This is weird. (laughs) You, you were literally like, no, that's not a thing, but it is. We we have, it's a, it's a, it's a clay plate with a clay lid and you roast garlic in it. So you'll just take a whole head of garlic and you cut it in half and you drizzle olive oil and salt on it and you roast it. And the garlic gets, uh, it it cooks and it gets like, it loses a lot of its bite when you roast garlic, but it basically becomes like mush and you pull out the cloves of garlic and you spread it on bread. And we always get really good hard crusted bread from the bakery and you just spread that on. And that's, uh, that's just something I grew up with and I love it to this day. It's usually, I just, I save it for holidays. It's a holiday thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, uh. Not so wholesome uh, (laughs) moan in my life that I realized my family was a little weird. So my family growing up, uh, it's, it's, I've probably mentioned it on the cast and any friends or family that's listening, 
I am a very sensitive person. I, <laughs> I'm a big mushy marshmallow. I don't like to be scared. I don't like people jumping out at me. I don't like thinking that something bad is going to happen to anybody ever. Like I just, I'm a marshmallow of a human. And as I've grown older, I'm a little toasted on the outside. When I was younger, full marshmallow, very squishy, very sensitive. So my family really liked pulling pranks on each other and scaring the ever-loving bejesus out of one another. Like any situation that you could terrify somebody, my family (laughs) took the opportunity to do so. And there were a specific few times, and I remember one time I was talking to, as an adult in college, other kids in my class, kids, adults in my class, about growing up and just like playing pranks on each other and oh isn't this funny this one time my mom swapped the filling and cookies with toothpaste and somebody else was like oh isn't this funny this one time like I walked into a doorway and there was like plastic wrap in the doorway and I was like oh yeah this one time when I was younger um, I thought there was a monster in my closet and so my mom came down the hallway and then looked in my closet and I was in the hallway and she screamed bloody murder like she was being killed and then my dad came you know because it's a joke my dad came running down the hallway like oh my god my wife is dying and then he fell into the closet and screamed too and me and my siblings were just screaming and crying in the hallway and exactly that Brian I looked around at the end of my story, and this is just one of a multitude of stories. And again, I'm a very sensitive, I was a very sensitive kid and a very sensitive person. So maybe for somebody else, it wouldn't have caused them to scream bloody murder so loud the neighbors called to make sure everything was okay. I think that was that time. Uh, But I told that story and I looked around and everybody was like, yo, are you okay? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, man, it was a joke. And that was when I realized that maybe not everybody's family has a pastime of scaring the ever-loving bejesus (laughs) out of one another. Um, So I I stopped for a long time telling people that that's what (laughs) my family did. But it's what we did. It was just kind of like, pranks were you picked on each other you pulled pranks on each other and that's just kind of how you communicated i guess we've had like an eternal truce in our marriage that we (laughs) don't pull crap like that (laughs) this this makes so much sense (laughs) if you don't mind i'm gonna say something that happened yesterday so we had a uh, company meeting yesterday that you weren't able to attend and basically one of the things that happened was our new hr director said like we're going to have a company-wide holiday. Everyone gets a paid day off and a certain day where no one's working because we can't get together and we have a bunch of stuff to celebrate as a company. So I messaged you and told you that. And like multiple times you were like, why? How come? What's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like it's just, it's a vacation day. It's a celebration. We all get a paid day off and don't have to work. And I was like, like okay, I, but when is the monster coming out of the closet? Right? right? And I'm like, and I'm like uh, I, I literally like I told, I was, I was sitting next to my wife. I'm like, it's weird. I just told Kayla we have a free day off and we get paid. And she's real worried about it for some reason. And now it makes a lot of sense. Oh, gosh. And honestly, like, I don't remember those things as as mean spirited or anything that was necessarily traumatic, but it took until I was an adult and I was discussing it with other people. And they were like, yeah, my family pulled pranks. And I was like, but did they trick you into thinking they were dead? Like, (laughs) That's yeah. So 
mine is similar to yours, but not the prank. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize that this was strange until I think Saya may have pointed out once, but basically any girl I ever dated pointed this out that this was something that wasn't normal. Okay, can we say that your Saya and then also the people that you dated, those are the people pointing this out? Hey, yes, people. We noticed. Pe- <laughs> people that I love and I'm intimate with. Are- <laughs> um, and it's that uh, my family and I, we are we all tease each other pretty much constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like if we're not doing that, there's a problem. And it it wasn't like I'd never really noticed it, too, until like I, I started like dating and seeing other people's families where like it was like a lot of like animosity. No one made jokes like people like really like treaded lightly, not wanting to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. And that is not my family. We it is tease not. each yeah. other <laughs> like. My mom is probably the best at dishing it out. <laughs> um, and, and like, that's just kind of who we are. And it's, it, we're, we're very loud. People have also said that, like, you guys are just loud. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it really is because when we, when we get together, we legitimately enjoy being together and we can mm-hmm. poke fun and prod and tease. And usually no one is upset about it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they are, but, uh, you know, I as a as a marshmallow person, I can appreciate when other marshmallows can't handle the heat. Sometimes I get it, <laughs> yeah. and, and it might be like weird bringing it up like in this aspect because you all know me and my family. We've mm-hmm. all been together quite a few times, but like there wasn't a lot of that. You know what I mean? Like we, like Sai and I have had friends that we would go hang out with, and like there there wasn't a lot of that. There was mm-hmm. a lot of like mom and dad's home we got to be quiet but like not at my house like my mom and dad like we were just like you know like just teasing each other and like you know poking and prodding and just being weird in ourselves and i i think that's part of the reason that we got to like got along so well when we were younger is because my my family has kind of similar like we like to mess with each other quite a bit and i just i had a quick memory of like like, you know, we, we grew up in a different religion and there was a lot of outside friends who like, who knew that, but didn't know really a lot about the religion. So they, they were kind of nervous whenever they would come over for the first time. And one time in particular, there was like a couple of friends that came over for the first time. And I kind of like, I kind of like pulled my mom aside and I was like, I'm going to mess with them real quick. So just like play along. (laughs) And I told my friends really quick, I'm like, all right. So when, when you go in, like, you know, don't speak unless spoken to. Look at the ground. Don't look in anyone's eyes. Like we don't, we don't allow no, that. No, <laughs> they were just you. No, you did that to one of my girlfriends in in high school when we came over to your house. Like both of us, we were, well, I did we're that like multiple on, times. Yeah, we were, we were on the way there. We're like, like, listen, like you need to say, ma'am, like when you, when you, when you refer to his mom, and like, like, don't, like, is that what you're gonna wear? Can you change real quick? Like. <laughs> Yes, and and having that kind of family that's like, oh yeah, yeah I'm down. I'm messing. <laughs> I'm messing with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so that's you know that's that's one of mine is that mm-hmm. we we just we are we can be pretty ruthless to one another, but like it is it's obviously from a place of love, and we're I can't think of two more supportive people in the world than my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. So you know, like it's. That is, of course, there and and always there. But like in between, then we rib and we poke and we make fun. And um, 
I, I would not have it in any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the only other one that stood out to me a lot when thinking about this topic was <laughs> a side dish that we would have with almost every meal. And this was very specifically like my dad's parents' side of the family when we go down south and spend time with them. So maybe it's a southern thing. I'm not quite sure. But I realized as I grew up a little bit more and I started being able to make my own meals and, you know, purchasing my own groceries and everything, that uh, people don't just eat raw onions with nearly every meal. I haven't really met anybody else that was like, yeah, you just eat raw onions. And I think my little sister, she might still do this or when it's available, she used to do this. But my grandpa and my dad's side used to like like a literal plate of of either sweet Vidalia onions or white onions, literally from the garden, pluck it, chop it up after it's washed, raw onion like it's an apple, and eat it. <laughs> um, I don't yeah. think I've ever... I've seen anybody else that does that. And I didn't realize, like I said, until I was purchasing my own groceries and experiencing going out to other people's houses that I was like, where's the onions? <laughs> yeah, And they're like, in the food, it's grilled. It's like, <laughs> okay, but... Mm. <laughs> That's yes, so but I but I need that really really crazy raw onion taste in my <laughs> yeah. mouth right now, like an apple. Yes, yes. It's it's weird when you think about it. Like more and more keep coming up. I, I know it's not really that taboo. Like, but we when we were younger, we had like dinner almost every night, like as a family, like at the table. Mm-hmm. And I I have this one memory of like you know pretty much back in elementary school of talking about like something like yeah I you know, it's going to be, you know, awkward at dinner or at the table tonight. And just my friends being like, what, what do you mean? Like, you know, like at the dinner table and they're like, none of them, that was my first time finding out like some families don't eat at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, that's strange. No no joke. That is literally my second thing that I was going to bring up is that having family dinner was something that I just thought was a normal thing until I grew up and would go over to other friend's house and it was not a thing. I had no idea that sitting at a couch having dinner was like a thing until like I went over to friend's house. We, mm-hmm. we would do our best to have family dinner. You know, it's something that I don't do super well right now that I should probably yeah, remedy. It's, it's super <laughs> but, common now. Yeah. I mean, it's also difficult with smaller kids. Right. And, yes. and when you're at an age where you have a memory of it, you're probably at an age where sitting at a table for 30 minutes feels like forever, but it's doable. Like our family did family dinners. Um, my mom would like bust her butt and provide like family dinner, very like traditional roles a lot when I was growing up. Dad would come home from work, we'd have, we'd sit down and we'd eat. And we had that experience too up until I was, you know, early teenage years when we stopped doing that. And I remember also going over to family's houses or friends of friends' houses and eating dinner with their families. And they would, you'd make your plate and then everybody would go to their separate rooms. And I remember that feeling of like, Ooh, this is a treat. This is different. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go eat in my friend's bedroom now. Like it was just, it was so different anytime that happened. So Everyone just rushes to the kitchen to grab their raw onion, just run away. (laughs) Get your onion. We're a little goblin family. We just grab the onions and hide in the closet. (laughs) But I will tell you what, my kids are going to learn to have dinner at the table because I got a new couch coming tomorrow and those little shits are not going to eat anywhere near that thing. Oh, we'll check in with you next week, Brian, and see how that's going. Just like barfed on it 12 times. I mean, it didn't take long until the one that I just threw away got puked and pooped on mm-hmm. and it's been it's been and through then the kids stuff. got to it <laughs> hey, hey i made that joke to my 
I made that joke to my dad yesterday when we were moving it out to the curb. We're uh, we're best we're best friends. It, it happens. But yeah, you know, I think I think all of the, these experiences and the ones that we watched in the show, it basically boils down to like the people that you grow up with. Obviously, they shape your view of the world, but it's always good to get into new situations because like. Now I'm not upset that there's not raw onions at every meal. I could also buy them if I wanted to. Um, but I also know that I don't like being scared constantly for no reason, yeah. even if it's endearing, because I am a marshmallow human. Oh, no. We do it on accident sometimes, <laughs> and, and I feel like, bad. like, how dare you? It's like <laughs> stepping on a dog's paw. Like You do when you when you get married is that you kind of you kind of combine some traditions and oh, yeah. you really throw away the ones that You're you just fucking like, that's hate. garbage. <laughs> yeah. It's gone now. Yeah. It's great, but it's gone. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I grew up, like I explained in this really loud, loving, teasing family. Mm-hmm. And my wife grew up in a more reserved and quiet family. And, you know, and, and to her, it was culture shock. Anytime we'd have a big family dinner or like holiday parties and like get together, it's like, it can be overwhelming. Like mm-hmm. my family is loud. You've met them. <laughs> <laughs> but you do kind of like create your own traditions. And like, yeah, I, I totally understand why you wouldn't want to like have pranks in your household. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, you're not going to be a, a prank household. Oh no! I'm gonna I'm gonna make my kids go through the exact same. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's only just fair. kidding. There's no way. <laughs> oh goodness! This this was uh this was fun. This was, it was uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Eye opening, huh? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I can't wait. Like I'm gonna ask like my kids when they're older and have families. Like, uh, how did I you scar know? you? <laughs> yeah. What did I do to you? <laughs> or like you know and and. That's kind of the dream, though, is to not to scar the kids, but to um, <laughs> to some of my fondest memories are family dinners and get-togethers and just being with these crazy group of assholes that I love so much. <laughs> um, and I'm, I and I hope that those traditions, you know, move forward to to my kids. It's really up to my older sister because she's the one that actually throws like the parties now <laughs> that we all go to. Um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes <laughs> that was fun uh quick reminder to all of our listeners uh leave us a review that's uh gonna be uh super helpful for us uh we like to uh see how we're doing if you don't like us review us as well that, that is also helpful tell mm-hmm. us you tell us you don't like tipsy brian maybe you like stone cold sober brian i don't know i i'm not gonna know unless you tell me we we have that option i'm logging in right now <laughs> Brian is a drunkard, needs to stop. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, re- reviews are great. Talk to us on Facebook. Um, we, we, will, we will definitely respond. We are also busy people. We will do our best to respond to you in a, in a timely manner. But uh, that is something that we would appreciate. And uh, Kayla, if people wanted to review us, where can they do such a thing? If you'd like to review us, um, I would encourage you to go to Apple or iHeartRadio or anywhere else that you are listening to this podcast and just drop us a quick five star, a quick review, a follow, a like, a share, whatever that you can do. Um, You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can drop us a line there. I think you can still review us on Facebook. I think they're still doing it, although now I think it's just do you recommend us or not. 
recommend us. We'd appreciate it. Let us know if we're failing you somehow. We enjoy constructive <laughs> criticism too. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Cartoon Tonic Podcast. We also have cartoontonicpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to drop us a line. Let us know if there's a show that we've missed that you'd like us to add. We've had a couple people uh, send us messages that way, and we've added those shows in the docket for the coming year. Also, if you need merch, you know, you can head over to redbubble.com, search Cartoon Tonic, take off the mature content filter because we are mature content, believe it or not. Get yourself a nice shower curtain with our face on it. It'll be real cozy in the shower, I'm telling you. That's Redbubble Cartoon Tonic Podcast to get rid of the mature content warning. <laughs> I, I, I need a new shower curtain so bad, but, <laughs> but my wife is just, just doesn't want it for some reason. For some reason. It's my face, I'm sure. I don't think that's it. (laughs) That's all, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye, (laughs) y'all. And tell the chicken you believe in her. That's silly and I ain't doing it. I believe in you. (laughs) Chicken's face. (laughs) At Cartoon Tonic, we drink responsibly and hope you do, too. Thanks for listening.